good, all that is sacred, and in the warm and loving energy of this community, Spiritual Life Center. If you're joining us for the first time, we especially want to welcome you because we know that you are not here by accident. You're here by divine appointment. Thank you for joining us on your unique path today, and we hope you enjoy this special message from this past Sunday's service. Thank you, thank you, amazing music team, yeah. one and all, and and the lyrics, and whatever life may bring, I am always perfectly divinely guided to the next right thing. We could probably just go have coffee after that, but I'm going to talk for a little bit anyway. So I have a, a group that meets on Thursday and we just talk about all kinds of different things. And um, I had an experience with them a couple of weeks ago which I wanted to share with you because it had to do with enoughness. So I have a book, it's called The Book of Light. And it's, little, it's one of those things, each, each little uh, essay is numbered and it's, it's an inspirational thing. And the uh, person who wrote it provided some symbols in the back of the book that you cut out and then you would draw these symbols and then you go to a chart and you go this symbol and this symbol and then you have the number like, you know, 42. Does that kind of make sense? Okay, so she doesn't, you can't buy the, the, like the coins or the discs or anything. She just gives them to you in the back of the book and you get to make your own. So I did make my own and I even, I, I broke down into decoupage. I, I think, I don't think anybody's been doing decoupage anyway. And so I made, you know, I caught up finally, right? And um, so I made them and then I was looking for a bag to put them in. And I had a lot of little different jewelry bags, but most of them were transparent. And I found this one and I thought it was a little bit small, but hey, they fit in there and I could get my fingers in there to draw them, so that was okay. So I brought this to the group a few weeks, a couple of weeks ago, and people were drawing the things and they said, this bag is too small. And it was at that moment when I realized that I love my bag. That this bag actually is exactly the right size. And it was the prettiest one I had. And so I, you know, and it was interesting. I mean, we, we all kind of joked about it, and, you know, and, but it works. It absolutely works. And so this little bag with my little discs in it works perfectly for my purpose. They are enough. And the thing is, is in this, country in the United States, we live in a culture of big is better, more is best, and it's easy, really easy to equate prosperity with having money and having things. Lots of money, lots of things. And so in this month of talking about prosperity, the first step is probably to understand what we mean by prosperity. 
Uh, Charles Fillmore explains that there's a difference between spiritual prosperity and material prosperity. And he explains it this way. Spiritual prosperity is founded on an understanding of the inexhaustible, omnipresent substance of spirit as the source of supply. The material belief is that the possession of things constitutes prosperity. And then Eric Butterworth expands on that idea by saying, the word affluence is an overworked word in our time, usually implying cars and houses and baubles of all kinds. Its literal meaning, though, is abundant flow, and it's not about things at all. When we are con consciously centered in the universal flow, we experience interdirection and the unfoldment of creative activity. Things come true, too, but prosperity is not just having things, it is the consciousness that attracts things. So prosperity or affluence starts in our consciousness, but here's the confusing part. The outward appearance tells us where our consciousness lies. So if we are in dire straits, that is a call to consider how we are thinking about our relationship with divine substance. Now, substance comes from a Latin word that means to stand under. So it's what is underlying. It means that our external world is a reflection of our connection with that everlasting, ever-evolving potential standing under all that we think and do. Okay, so that's the intellectual part of it. <laughs> Let's talk about how we work with this in the real life. The challenge for many of us is to know, actually really know and understand when we are prosperous. I mean, how can you tell? We can tell by looking at what we do have in our lives. What we do have in our lives. And unfortunately, a lot of us have the habit of thinking about what we don't have. We engage in lack thinking. Now, one way to begin to shift this idea of prosperity into a more positive way is to ask this question. Do I have everything I need in this moment to do what I'm doing? Now, here's an example. Take a moment to think about what you're doing right now. You're either sitting in the sanctuary or watching online and listening to this talk. What do you need to listen to this talk? You need to be here or connected somehow through an electronic device. That's all you need. So in this very moment, that's all you need. Nothing else is required. Therefore, in this moment, everybody listening to this talk is prosperous. And that, it may seem like a reach to some people, <clears throat> but it's really a good way to start to move away from thinking in terms of lack. In this moment, I have everything I need to do what I am doing is a great affirmation, because it serves two purposes. The first lets you feel prosperous, not needy, even for just a few moments. That teaches you something. And the second is that it keeps you from, it keeps you in the moment, and it keeps you from worrying about what's gonna come next. Now, please don't think I'm saying you should pretend that you don't have concerns about meeting bills or buying gas or keeping a roof over your head. What we're talking about is our underlying belief about our circumstances, because it is those beliefs that create our circumstances. See that little circle we have going? The more we 
connect with spiritual prosperity, that knowing that all, all sits in potential until we connect with it, the more likely we can join in that abundant flow that Butterworth talks about. The thing is that even people who consider themselves to be prosperous usually measure it in terms of material prosperity, yet they still carry a lack mentality. Combine that with our culture of bigger, better, more new and improved, well, that divine substance idea of everlasting potential becomes dim in our minds. And then I often wonder why we Americans are so attracted to the idea of big energy. Because when you think about it, our planet is not even the size of a grain of sand in the universe. It is microscopic. Yet the energy vibration fre frequency of the planet and our reality generate and project massive effects and, and, and energy. The equivalent of the atom, only more powerful. So size in this sense has nothing to do with anything. It's the intent, the projection, the energy withheld, the energy misused, or energy used masterfully that are really what matter. So to get a feeling for what I mean about size, think about how much a paper cut can hurt. You know, you're always amazed at that. It's like, that is so little. Why does that hurt so much? And then you think about what a lot of paper cuts and how a lot of paper cuts could lead to a lot of pain. Yet one moment of caring, a bit of ointment, a Band-Aid, Caring and compassion can alleviate all the pain from all the paper cuts. This means that while small can totally disrupt, small can completely heal. So please stop looking for the big things, the astounding, the flashy. The tiniest thing can hurt. The tiniest thing can heal or bring joy. Last week, Renee Jenkins was here. Some of you were probably here. And he and I needed to trade places on the platform a couple of times. And every time he was coming down and I was coming up, he held out his hand. Now, we, you know, he's just being a polite gentleman, but there was something in the energy, there was something in his presence that it was... It was a gift. I felt completely seen. I felt completely acknowledged. And there was just this love, that little tiny act of holding out his hand for me to get up these stairs. And I still feel it. When I think about that, I just grin because it just, it was just such a connection. And it had nothing to do with anything but just pure divine love. So quietly carry bandages of hope and love in your packet. Quietly touch. Quietly let go. Quietly step away. I'll be over here. Allow healing to penetrate. You know, comparison, big, small, whatever, comparison will still run through your mind. Let it keep running right out the other side. Is once you stop seeing in terms of size, big or small, great or awful, only as is, the idea of having and being enough will get easier. You know, there are no big lies, there's only lies. There's no little love or big love, there's only love. You cannot quantify anything to do with spirit. Of course, we know this, 
but we try to do it anyway because we are immersed, we are immersed in a quantifiable reality. And it's important to understand the difference between measurable reality and the unquantifiable. When you're able to realize that, you can relax because you will stop carrying your measuring cup, your compass, your ruler, your scale, or other marrying device, <laughs> measuring device. They can get pretty heavy, slow us down and distract us. Now, you know, I'm carrying a, a tangible measuring device here, and, and this one's pretty darn awkward. We carry that same thing metaphorically in our heads, you know, and they get in our way. But try each day to see someone, some place, an animal or a situation as just being. It's not a dog, it's a dog. It's not small or large or a certain breed or cute or ugly. It's simply a dog. It's a car, that's all. It's not hot or cold, it's just the weather. There is no degree of love. There's no degree of peace. There's no degree of joy. Each of those just is. I, I hope we can stop measuring, stop keeping score, stop comparing. We live in a world of 24-hour so-called news that loves drama and often makes money by bombarding us with all the ain't awfuls that can dredge up. Lack thinking is their byword. The way to prosperity, spiritual prosperity, is to stop listening and believing what the outside world is yelling at us. Yeah, they're material facts, and we can't deny their existence. But in our practice of denial and affirmation, we deny that all those ain't-it-awfuls have power over us. We affirm that our source of supply is an inexhaustible, omnipresent substance of spirit. And when we connect with that, when we believe that, we can get into that flow of abundance and our answers come. Now, it might take time to build up that confidence of supply and spirit. I have a friend who went through a very long period of spiritual health, spiritual health and financial challenge. It was really difficult. And we would sit and we would talk. And she was working on her consciousness. And one day she said, Deborah, I really want to believe in this. The word started with an S. And I'm not going to say it here. <laughs> and I laughed. And I said, she said, but I don't seem to be making any progress. And I told her that part of the reason why she was, had a hard time believing in it is because she hadn't had much experience or what she considered success. So I asked her to just compare. Okay, yeah, I had to have a compare in here. I asked her how to compare where her life was a year ago from where she was right then. And she was able to see a little bit of change. It's not as much as she wanted, but there was this little glimmer of hope. And then one day she called me She was excited. <laughs> One day she called me to tell me that she had prayed to something about something, and the answer had just sort of showed up. And then that happened again. And each small manifestation, her belief grew and her confidence grew. Today she lives in another state. 
She has a part-time job she loves. Her very serious health issues have mostly resolved. She's emotionally and financially stable, and she is satisfied with her life. She did this in increments. It took her several years. It was a very, it was an extreme example, but she got there. Does she live in a 15-room mansion? No. Does she drive a super-duper car? Well, actually, she thinks her car is super-duper, but it's, you know, because she loves it. She's content. She has enough. And it's not like she's making do. She is content with what she has because she has enough. You know, it's just like I'm delighted with my tiny bag that holds my little homemade discs. It's enough. Remember that most of us need to build up our prosperity consciousness. Be kind to yourself. It happens with one experience after the other, one manifestation at a time. Because even though prosperity is not about things or circumstances, things and circumstances are our guideposts to develop and expanding our prosperity and of affluence consciousness. They're so connected that I think that's where we get confused sometimes is because we can't tell the difference. When we stop looking for the big and flashy, when we stop comparing, when we see facts as facts and know that underlying all is divine substance, that, that is when we know that whatever life may bring, we are in all ways perfectly, divinely guided to the next right thing, and that we have enough and we are enough. And so it is. We are grateful for the opportunity to share with you today and hope you've taken something from this Sunday's message. If you'd like to hear more from Spiritual Life Center, be sure to click subscribe on the podcast platform you're listening from. You can find out more about our community on our website at www.slcworld.org. We look forward to being a part of your continued spiritual journey. Wherever you are, God is, and all is well. Spiritual Life Center Oh